Hey y'all, my name is LMC. If you're interested in the cannabis industry regarding business, politics, finance, investment, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, um, the black market, uh, so much more, then hit that subscribe button down below. I would very much appreciate it. Okay, so today we are talking about an article that I had to pay a dollar for because I, I am so sick of these, these subscriptions, these paywalls that pop up. I get it. You need to get paid for the content, but uh, it's whatever. Anyway, stupid problem to have, but let's jump into it. So this is an article done by the Boston Globe by Grace Griffin. And the title of this article, as you can see, is Meet Four of New England's Best Known Cannabis Influencers. Okay, so before we jump in, let's just talk about New England, right? New England, um, Massachusetts, right? That is a newly recreational state. Um, and so, you know, a lot of these influencers started in medical and, you know, worked their way into... Uh, you know, becoming prominent influencers in uh, Massachusetts and New England, um, you know, going into legalization. But let's let's jump into it. Okay. So when Sasha learned her father would be out at work following his cancer treatment, she knew they'd have more time to spend together. They went on hikes and laughed at home, and he recovered from stem cell transplant since Sasha's job allows her to pursue her unusual line of work from just about anywhere. Sasha, who has to be identified only by her first name, is a professional cannabis influencer. And no, she does not get paid to smoke marijuana. She operates out of Providence and uses the name Silenced Hippie to create marijuana-related content for 334,000 Instagram followers, 511,000 YouTube subscribers, 57,200 Twitter followers, and 29,000 Twitch followers. And... She's far from only one capitalizing on the growth of the marijuana market. An Instagram search for the hashtag cannabis influencer returns more than 35,000 results. Yeah, we've seen a really big rise in cannabis influencers. Um, you know, there's been, and there's been a lot more like really popular ones, right? So the OG kind of that started it, everyone knows a lot of times. I mean, I don't know if he's the very first, but the really famous one is Custom Grow 420. He's actually from my home state, Washington, where you know, I met him a few times. Nice guy. He's a, he's a, he's a funny guy. He's kind of a clown, but he's, he's, he's hilarious. Um, but really you know, good guy, you know, and he really was kind of, you know, a trendsetter in a lot of ways. I mean, he started the YouTube, the cannabis YouTube space, uh, influencing space that, you know, you know, did it by obviously being kind of outlandish, but, you know, things have developed since him. You know, um, so, you know, we have other influ influencers as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's a lot of influencers and it's, it's pretty crazy. But some of these results back to Massachusetts based Jenny Fior, Jenny Wakenbake, Vermont based Amelia Walker, uh, Nug Thug, and Maine based Roe, Roe gets lifted, who also requests to be identified only by her first name. These influencers tout their personal use of cannabis and highlight different strains, paraphernalia, and products online in part to reduce the stigma associated with cannabis consumption. They also, they all also occasionally team up with cannabis brands for product reviews and promotional content and some sell merchandise uh, on online stores. So Sasha started Silence Hippie. I've heard of Silence Hippie before. 
She's yeah, she's pretty big. Uh, on Twitter in 2012, anonymously, as she was pursuing an elementary education degree. It wasn't until she switched her major to communication a year later that she went public, detailing her medical and recreational usage. She started posting smoke session videos on YouTube from her bedroom so viewers at home could feel as if they were smoking with her. Okay, so that's her. Okay, quote, I like, I kind of felt like I was a loner stoner at the time. So turning on the camera was a way, uh, was a way for me to, to still share my smoke sessions and just meet more people, end quote. Sasha said I've been in tears over people telling me that my content makes me makes them feel okay with smoking in the morning so they don't feel nauseous or to ease their anxiety. Yeah, that's cool. That's not really a long-term solution, by the way, but not to, not, sorry, not to get negative. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to point out something that doesn't need to be pointed out. Anyway, let's keep going. So a great Barrington native. Uh, Fjord joined Instagram in 2015 and YouTube in 2016. She, like Sasha, created smoke stash videos for her 24,000 YouTube subscribers, but have, but both have expanded their channels to include sponsored videos for industry brands and lifestyle vlogs on Instagram. Fjord uses her background in photography to capture still life, still lives and image of herself smoking. These posts landed on her a marketing job at Theory Wellness, a local medical and recreational dispensary. Quote, I've just continued being a creative and an advocate of the cannabis industry, end quote, Fear said. I'm trying to show people that uh, there shouldn't be a stereotype anymore. You don't have to be a young, hip kid to smoke cannabis. You can be any age and you can use it for any reason. Walker uh, echoed that, that sentiment. She began posting marijuana content on Instagram in 2018 after studying the plant plants agriculture profile at Green Mountain College. Walker's profile includes everything from posts about local businesses to videos of her hula hooping shared with 260,000 followers. Well, I try to make people happy. I dance around, I smoke weed, and what Walker said, I try to influence people's ideas of cannabis users. The online marijuana community is largely made up of white influencers. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Great point. Uh, meanwhile, black Americans have been dis disproportionately arrested and jailed for marijuana use, possession across the nation. In Massachusetts, legalization of the plant has presented new challenges for black business owners looking to secure licenses. And there's a whole, there's a whole lot of drama going on uh, with that, actually. It's, yeah, it's getting, it was a little heated. I, I don't know how it, it was in Boston, but it was between, uh, because they have an equity program there. They have an equity program, so... Um, you know, there's some accusations at certain, at one or two different uh, black business owners or black cannabis business owners that they were just kind of a front for a white, you know, a white dude, a white person by another, by another black person that was also in competition with uh, him for a license or something. I can't remember exactly the deal, but it's, yeah, it's, a, I did a video on it. It's, yeah, it's a, it's definitely, it's pretty heated there, but let's keep going. So so Walker recently advertised an initiative from the last prisoner project, an organization that works to release and expunge the records of people incarcerated on marijuana charges. This month in particular, she has posted resources related to the black lives matter movement, as well as bail funds to donate to as has Roe. quote. There's a lot of black people out there and the colors are locked up. A lot of people, a lot of people of color who are locked up in jail right now for an eighth of an ounce. Uh, when we've been growing pounds, quote, Rue said, it's not fair to take a, it's not fair to take up all of this space and not recognize this industry was built off of black and brown people who have been jailed and quote. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's super true. I mean, like a lot of, 
I mean, the whole, I mean, I've said this in a lot of different videos, but you know, people of color obviously are disproportionately targeted by the police. It's you know, cannabis and other drugs have been used as an instrument, a tool to put people of color in jail so that they can be the the demographic that is used for the industrial. Uh, I mean, the private prison industrial complex, right? I've talked about that a lot too. And you know, it's yeah. So marijuana for a lot, lot long time and still to this day has been used as an instrument of racism and oppression right? and capitalism. Okay. So and I'm going to make it just stick around at the end. I'm going to make some overall um, points about influencers, trends, um, and, you know, different platforms that I think are good and bad when it comes to cannabis. Cause there's a couple I, I hate with the passion. <laughs> YouTube's not one of them. I like YouTube. For the most part, but yeah. Um, okay, so it's not fair to take up all of the space and not recognize the industry was built off. Okay, so advocacy through influencers' accounts is not unusual. Sasha has been using her Instagram story to promote the work of black uh, glass blowers and cannabis professionals daily. Ruby Gain, Ruby Gain, uh, using medical marijuana to manage endometriosis pain in around, around 2012. Now she uses her uh, account to spread awareness of the condition, posts about happiness and well-being to her 10,000 followers. Okay, cool. So, quote, chronic pain in general comes with a lot of mental health strain. You don't feel so uh, for so long. You limited for you don't feel well for so long. You feel limited. Ruth said. Quote, cannabis helps to take your mind off of how bad the pain is, while also helping you relax and feel a bit better. And a bit more okay to be in your body. It gives you the space to take a deep breath, relax, and let your body relax. Okay, though legal in many states, including Massachusetts, marijuana has been long scrutiny online. Instagram community guidelines, for example, prohi uh, prohibit the purchase and sale of illegal drugs. Rue said her posts have been deleted for tagging a dispensary or grower because the, it promotes the sale of marijuana for the guidelines. To get around this, many influencers add disclaimers to their profile bios. Sasha identifies herself as a medical marijuana patient and Walker labels her profile 18 plus. Despite these precautions, Walker noted her Instagram profile has been suspended to three to four times, forcing her to rely on her backup account, uh, Thug, to continue posting. Quote, I remember the last time I got deleted. It was, a, it was before I hit 100,000 followers. Damn, that is so shitty. That is so shitty. That is so shitty. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm not going to lie. Like Instagram is a, it's, it is, it, it unfortunately is where the largest percentage of the cannabis consumer population uh, is at. Um, and if you want to look at all of the social medias uh, out there, like the big ones, but unfortunately uh, Instagram is actually the one that hates those kind of people the most. I mean, I have multiple accounts where, I mean, I have a personal account that I can't like, share, can't like anything, can't post anything. Uh, the only thing I can do is repost something. Like I see a post. I can't like that post though. I can reshare it though. Uh, it just says, oh, uh, you're not allowed to do that action. It, I've been shadow banned. I mean, like you, you literally had to type my name exactly in, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, and I'm just like, I'm kind of giving up a lot on Instagram. It's kind of been... It's just not been worth it to me. It really hasn't. And obviously for someone like, you know, this, who literally right before they got to 100,000 followers, they get deleted. Are you fucking kidding me? That's wild. I'd be so mad. I mean, 
Yeah. And I have, and I literally have friends that have lost, you know, accounts with like 20,000 uh, Instagram followers. Like it's crazy. They can't get it back. It's, it's wild. Okay. Let's keep going though. So remember, I remember the last time I got uh, right before I hit a hundred thousand followers, Walker said, quote, I work hard. I work just as hard as a fashion blogger does. And I post just as much. And then it all gets deleted in one day. Yeah, exactly. As recreational marijuana laws pro, uh, proliferate, some influencers have noticed a decrease in oversight from Instagram. Though they agree that enforcement of these rules on most platforms is varied. In 2018, cannabis creators on YouTube face what has come to be known as the purge of cannabis-related content from the platform. Popular creators had videos removed and channels deleted, depleting any income they had made from that content. Uh, Sasha and Ruth's channel both fell victim to the purge. Rue decided to transition to Instagram content online while Sasha moved more, most of her video content to Twitch where she faced no penalty for smoking on camera while chatting with viewers roughly 13 months after that, after the initial suspension. Sasha's channel was reinstated. That's a big thing that happens, right? They'll delete your channel and then you can get it back. Sometimes not. Though now deemed ineligible for monetization and flagged for adult content. Quote, that's where I found my voice in the community. Uh, Sasha said, I think more people will be open to finding the community if they didn't have it, you know, have it in the back of their mind that legally this is wrong. And even though it's just a plan. Okay. So this was, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it gives me you know, a, a good time to talk about cannabis or these platforms. So first of all, like women, by the way, too, women, you know, women tend to have be, there's, there's definitely more women influencers out there, cannabis influencers. Um, a lot of, you know, the whole like stereotype for Instagram model, right. You know, not to, I'm not trying to take away from any of those people too, all, any of those women, cause they're all, you know, they're doing their thing and they're, they're hustling. So, you know, um, but you know, being a, being a, a pretty, a pretty girl definitely gives you a little bit of an upper hand, I would say slightly. Just a little bit, not too much. I'm just kidding. It means a lot. it does help a lot, but um, um, but that I really don't want to like take that away from any of these people. I'm not talking about them really specifically, but you know, so that's one trend I've seen. A lot of cannabis uh, uh, w- women influencers, which is and there's there's plenty of men out there too that are cannabis influencers. But so, but Instagram is the kind of home base for the most of the cannabis community, right? And then if you want to look at the business community, one of the best apps out there and one of the best platforms out there is LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been an amazing platform uh, for me personally as a professional meeting new people. I've gotten you know interviews, I've gotten you know a couple talking you know uh, experience uh, opportunities. I've gotten you know tons of different things. You know I've gotten literally a whole new business opportunities off of LinkedIn through can- and the cannabis community is alive there. Right. So the so on the business side it's definitely LinkedIn, right? Now LinkedIn's kind of the main business like platform anyway, but it definitely has a major role uh, on that platform in terms of cannabis. And then there's Instagram, right? Instagram sucks. I hate Instagram. Instagram has literally blocked everything. Like they, I can post now like on one channel barely, and it's just like my my engagement is obviously suppressed. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So you know, and then YouTube. We come to YouTube. I'm not going to talk too much on it because I don't want the I'm not going to talk too much shit because I do get worried sometimes that they, they definitely, well, they can listen to all of it because there's, you know, 
uh, AI, there's a artificial intelligence that's you know uh, transcribing all, everything you say, right? So that's how they have the the automatic bots, and then they have human monitors too. Not to say that like you know, I'd be really critical they're going to delete my account, but I like to like you know avoid anything like that. I mean, they they're they're pretty greasy too, cannabis influencers, right? Right. So YouTube is good. YouTube is kind of there's been like a couple times where, you know, like the purge that they're talking about, there's the purge that, you know, in 2018 where a lot of cannabis creators got, you know, deleted and stuff and all that. Um, you know, and I don't know, I get it. I get why, I get why people are worried about it. They don't want to have, you know, kids watching a bunch of sm people smoking and stuff. But at the same time, I think you just need to realize that kids are going to find whatever they want to find and, you just need to educate them and, you know, make them, let them put them in the best possible position to make the best decision. Right. Now, if we look at like Twitter, Twitter's not that interesting for cannabis at all. Um, Twitter is not yet. Twitter. I mean, they did like a study, I think, and I think I believe that more than like 40% or like 35 to 40% of Twitter's users are reporters or state officials. Like, that's a that's an app that's used to you know quickly get the message out right tweet. We look at Twitch now. Twitch is interesting. Twitch is something that I just started at Twitch recently. Uh, I'm gonna start try to start getting that going. Um, but Twitch is really interesting because I've seen a lot of people from different industries go into Twitch. Um, but cannabis is another one that you know like uh, we we see in this article. You know I've seen it that it's starting to uh, blow up a little bit there too. Um, it's a safer place, right? They said that they can smoke on camera live and talk to their viewers. Um, so that, you know, that's good. I'm going to definitely check out, um, Twitch. And then, um, also going back to YouTube too, is like, it's a little frustrating to me because I don't think I'm probably gonna be able to get monetized. Like I'm almost to monetization I'm, or I'm like, I'm a couple, I'm like a month and a half away or something, a month or two, I would say a month or two away. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to monetize any of this stuff. I don't show any smoking really for the most part on any of these, you know, any of my videos. I just kind of talk about some of these issues and break it down. Right. But, uh, just me talking about this stuff, I think is not quote unquote, you know, advertise ad, ad, ad friendly. Right. Yeah. It's okay though. We'll see. We'll see. I'm very excited to potentially if it's, if it happens, it happens, but who knows? Um, but yeah, so that's kind of tough. And then we look at Facebook. Facebook is terrible. Facebook is, Facebook and Instagram are the worst. They will either, see, because Instagram and Facebook got so much pushback from really big cannabis influencers, um, and there's a lot of noise made behind it, they've now tended to not delete accounts, but they'll just make them unusable. Like my, I have account, I have a couple of accounts, like I said, that are like, I cannot like a photo I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, accept, I can accept a friend request, but I can never, I can never follow that person back. Right. I can never follow anybody. Um, I can't like anything. I can, you know, I can't comment, right. People can't respond to me. Right. It, and sometimes in some of the accounts, it's, it's a lot of freaky shit. Like it's, it's really weird. They'll shadow ban you. Right. So they'll, you have to literally type up to the very last letter, your name before you pop up. That's, that was, that used to be a pretty common one with me. Um, it's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, they, yeah, Instagram and, and Facebook are kind of two in the same. Um, even though Facebook, I believe Facebook had some big deal, like recently once cannabis was legalized in Cali, I think that like 
they're not going to enforce it anymore. On um, it was like some big like they they had some they had a bunch of like a press release or something. It was just like a couple years ago. This was in 2018 when cannabis was legalized in, Cam- in Cali, I believe, and they made some big deal out of it. Or no, 2016 was when it was legalized, I believe. Right? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, it was the night that Trump got elected. I believe too. That's the I'll never forget. <laughs> that was such a weird yeah weird time. But um. Yeah, face. I mean, Facebook made this big press release. Oh, we're gonna like you know we're not gonna really be enforcing. It was actually when Canada had legalized federally. That's what it was. So maybe once Canada, you know, I think once maybe the U.S. legalized federally, then you know potentially it'll be fine. But Facebook and Instagram terrible. Um, let's keep looking. Let's keep thinking about it. So Reddit. Reddit is actually a big, big, big community there for cannabis. Really big community of cannabis there. I noticed on Reddit though. Reddit is definitely one of those like places that like. It's, uh, you, you can get some hate for, you know, no reason there, but that's any, that's anywhere, right? That's online. Regardless, if you're going to put yourself out there, you got to be expecting a bunch of bullshit, some trolls, you know, all that stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, Reddit's really good. Reddit, you can find sub genres within cannabis and, you know, cannabis entrepreneurs is one cannabis stocks, blah, blah, blah. So go check, you know, go check out Reddit if you haven't read it, if you haven't before. Um, what else is good? Um, TikTok. I haven't really looked into TikTok myself. I've had, I used to, I had a TikTok, uh, didn't really use it ever. Um, but I think I've seen a couple of cannabis or a couple of cannabis influencers start to utilize that. Um, so, you know, that's, that's interesting too. Um, And then there's like, there's specifically marijuana, like type social medias, like there's MJ link. There's a, there's a bunch, those are still developing, still having a little bit of trouble uh, getting off the ground. But regardless, um, you know, it's funny to see with cannabis influencers, they're definitely, there's a lot of different subgenres within that, I guess, title. I really don't want to be ever considered one of those, a cannabis influencer, not to like say that it's bad or anything. I just, even though I kind of in like, kind of doing that a little bit it's it's it just gets kind of cringy to me a little bit but whatever i got it yeah anyways that doesn't really matter you know shit if i if i can if i had enough if i had the same amount of numbers as these uh three women you know then or four excuse me i guess i didn't four, but then you know i wouldn't i'd call i'd call you can call me whatever you want right <laughs> anyways this is just a quick little you know overview of some trends i've seen with cannabis uh uh, presence on different social medias and different, you know, cannabis influencers. Um, but yeah, really appreciate y'all. Uh, if you like the video, hit that like button, drop a comment. What's your favorite platform for cannabis? If you're interested in cannabis, um, love to hear from you, hit that like button, go check out my, go follow me on social medias down below all of the links down below. You can listen to the audio of this uh, episode and all the rest of the episodes on anywhere you listen to, you know, your podcasts, um, and also have a channel called the frame of flower podcast. Go check that out too. Uh, I, I don't know, actually speaking of influencers, we just got a conf- I just got a confirmation. The next person on the podcast is going to be cannabis. And I don't know if you guys know who cannabis is, but she's one of the most famous cannabis influencers, I would say, uh, out there for like, she was one of the first and I guess in like the Northwest area, but Regardless, really appreciate y'all. Stay tuned for that. Keep keep your eye open for that uh, uh, podcast. Go over and subscribe to the channel if you aren't already to the Frame of Flower podcast channel. 
Um, but yeah, my name's Ellen C. Hope everyone's staying super safe and sound and have an amazing, amazing day. Peace. And no one will